Hey everybody, welcome again to Think Your Way to an Epic Life. And today I've got a real treat for you. I have a woman with me today who has lost over 200 pounds. She went from a size 28 to a size 12. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. So um, she is also a life and health coach, um, very positive person. And she's been a friend of mine for almost 20 years. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Gwen. Gwen Brown, thank you for coming. Hi, thank you so much. This is cool. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So um, you have started a business. It's been a while, but you've started a business in coaching. And of course, I'm very interested in coaching mm -hmm. because I are one. So talk <laughs> to me a little bit about your journey and what it is that that gives you special powers as a coach, especially in what you specialize in. Right. Um, well, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, it, you know, I really learned a lot through my weight loss journey over the last six years. And um, I had a mutual friend. And um, when I started this journey, I mean, I've been a lifelong um, learner of mindset, power of thinking, um, you know, your attitude, um, living an authentic life. So I have always been very uh, interested in that. Um, I definitely was not living an authentic life um, when I was over 350 pounds. And I say over 350 because I don't know what I actually weighed above that. Um, I would have had to go on to one of those special scales. I no longer could weigh myself at home. Um, I had no idea. Okay, so I decided and made this decision for myself that um, I really needed to take control of my life, and I had a bariatric, bariatric sleeve surgery. Um, I know that's not for everyone, but I literally had tried everything you can possibly imagine to lose weight, and I just, I just couldn't get a handle on it. And I felt like I was this athlete in a fat suit that I could not get rid of no matter what I did. And I was so miserable. My body hurt. I um, was so addicted to food in different ways, um, emotional eating, just the processed foods, um, everything. And it wasn't like I ate a ton of that. I ate pretty healthy. I just could not figure out a way to find my way. And I had tried for so long. So I made that decision, and that's a very personal decision for everyone who makes that decision. And um, interesting enough, after I had the surgery, about a year later, I ran into an old friend of mine who lives here. Her name's Anne Marie, and um, she also had the same surgery as me. And so we, after the pandemic, we had both realized that we were not necessarily following you know, the guidelines that you need to after you have bariatric surgery, because, you know, bariatric surgery is nothing more than a tool. It just helps you. Um, and it, the unfortunate piece of that is most people don't realize it truly is just a tool. There is so much more work that has to go into it outside of the actual surgery that, um, that you have to work on, on your own. There isn't support there isn't someone holding your hand like there is in the beginning and you're going to a nutritionist and you're, you have to go through a psychological evaluation to make sure you're of sound mind to be able to have this done. And um, so we kind of teamed up because we both found over the pandemic, just like everybody else, we were baking bread. <laughs> 
<laughs> we were, uh, you know, doing all the things everybody was doing during the pandemic. And it a lot of it focused around food, you know, and people nurturing themselves with food, like homemade bread and cookies. And, you know, there were all kinds of recipes and things flying around. And I am a foodie at heart and always have been. I love to cook. Um, so it was very hard. I also had um, both daughters. We moved. We downsized. And you helped us with that. And we moved from like, you know, a 2,000 square foot home into under 1,300 square feet. And both my daughters moved home. Oh, gosh. Like within the first three months. <laughs> and so we had all four of us, two dogs and three cats in under 1,300 square feet. So we were really close and really, (laughs) really having to, um, you know, figure things out. So anyway, it was not the most um, ideal environment for someone who's had weight loss surgery because I was able when the kids weren't there not to have any of that stuff in the house. Right. Okay. So all of a sudden, all this other stuff that um, I didn't normally eat was around. And yeah, I partook in it you know so my girlfriend and I touched base we started hiking together and uh, we um, decided that we would um, support each other because they're really like I said after surgery there's not a lot of support for bariatric patients so we started um, hiking together we were accountable to each other we literally would send our menus each day to each other Um, and at you know this was a couple of years ago now. So I lost another, I, everything I had gained, which was about 20, 25 pounds, okay, which was scary. Yes, I bet. You know, same with her. We both lost, I, I, you know, I'm still losing weight. She is at her all-time low ever in her adult life. And I am almost there. I mean, I would like to lose another 15 pounds. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I'm not like totally focused on that anymore. But um, that accountability and that um, was the impetus for us to start a business, a business because we felt like we had a service that could really help people um, who were looking for that support, um, whether they're a bariatric patient or not. And it's so important to have someone to bounce ideas off and know um, how food affects you and what it's doing to your body and um, how to wean yourself. And you've gone through this food transition yourself because you weren't vegan before. Right. And you've been vegan how long now? Since October of 2014. And how did you do that? Well, for it go, Tony Robbins gets so much credit. <laughs> I mean, really, literally, um, <clears throat> I was already a vegetarian, mm-hmm. and I went to his uh, Unleash the Power Within mm-hmm. nine years ago. I'm about to go again, um, nine years ago. And at the end of it, Mary Damon was mm-hmm. with me, and he did this whole presentation on veganism. And, and I, you know, I was already a vegetarian, and he challenged everybody, hey, give it 10 days. Just try it for 10 days. So I said, do you want to try it? And she said, yeah, let's try it. And she made it three days, and I never went back because I dropped 40 pounds just like that. I remember that. That was crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's just, it, for me, a, a decision is, is, is the answer. Exactly. I made a decision. And here's what you guys want. I really want you to hear about this. 
is a decision means to cut off from. There is no other option. And when you make a decision, a firm decision, I will no longer do this, it's really the easiest thing you've probably ever done. Yes. Once your mind is made up. Yes. The power of a made-up mind. Yeah. That determination um, is what Anne Marie and I felt like we needed to be able to offer to other people. Because, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Go preach it, girl. Yeah. And so <laughs> if your desk is messy, then your living room's probably messy. So is your bedroom. If you're late for a meeting, then you're probably late for everything. So I love that phrase because I think it really holds people accountable for the actions that they've decided to make. And they are making those choices. Those are not just happening to them. They are making those choices, whether they're conscious choices or not. Well, yeah, I heard it put a different way, and I thought it was so powerful. You always touch the line. So I don't know, when you were young, it was called horses, right? Mm -hmm. When you did the, in the basketball court, they call it suicides or something different now. Mm -hmm. But if, if the coach didn't see that you didn't quite touch the line, you don't care. You go back and you touch the line every time when no one's looking. Mm -hmm. That's what integrity is. Yes. So, yeah, I, yeah, I love Doing it. what's right even when no one's watching. There you go. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of the story of what got me down this path. So both Anne-Marie and I enrolled in um, coaching um, program, and we were certified uh, just this last spring. So... Um, so you were you you enrolled in <clears throat> it sounded like you were enrolled as a receiving coaching. Um no, we enrolled in getting a certificate. So we both got certified in uh life and health coaching. Okay. Um and uh been doing it ever since. So That is amazing. So there's a lot there to unpack, a lot. <laughs> and one of the big things was how important is it because I think the biggest thing we all want to avoid is accountability. Right. And because it, it's scary and it's, ah, right? We're, we're independent Americans. Right. How important is accountability? Honestly, I think it's probably everything. <laughs> Truly. If when, you, when it boils down to it, accountability um, that you hold for yourself is really hard to do, but it's so important because it goes back to what I just said. How you do one thing is literally how you do everything. So if you're not accountable to whatever you want to achieve in life or who you want to represent out in the world, then who is? You know, you have to hold some standards for yourself to... Um, to just live an authentic life and live a life that you um, are proud of. Are you proud? I feel like I have accomplished so much in the last six years. Um, you know, when I started the journey, I couldn't walk a half a block. And now I am a avid hiker. You, you share my enthusiasm enthusiasm for hiking, don't you? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. And uh, we live in a beautiful area to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like um, I actually, full, full circle story here, um, you know how I said I felt like I was in a fat suit that I couldn't sh shed no matter what I did. And, um, but I felt like I was, there was an athlete in there. 
Um, I had someone, one of my coworkers um, come up and she's like, I love your hiking posts. They're amazing. And, you know, you're not just like a, a hiker anymore, Gwen. You're actually like athletic. And, you know, I had forgotten that I had said that, but it like every, all those feelings came flooding back to me from me telling my doctor that. Um, and I was like, wow, I can't believe, you know, talk about a full circle moment. Someone called me an athlete, you know? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And it does come full circle. What you, But it's not instant. No. So how do you get through the days when, like, did you ever complete? Well, you did. You just told us all that you failed because during COVID, <clears throat> when everyone was struggling. Yeah. I think all of us put on at least 15 pounds during COVID, right? right? And so you're struggling how do you how do you how did you go from that because your your trajectory was headed in a bad place yep. to where you're headed now um it is simply doing the small things every single day i am firm believer in the one percent better every day um and that can be something as simple as you know just not opening the refrigerator after seven o'clock. I literally, I have that saying, how you do one thing is how you do everything on my refrigerator. And, you know, um, so I have to set some pretty strong boundaries for myself because um, I don't know if people realize this, but food addiction is a real thing for a lot of people. And it isn't, um, it isn't just necessarily all mental. Your, your body actually craves those things. And so it takes a while to be able to talk yourself down from that, figure out other ways to move away from that. And I truly celebrate every small step I make because, you know, your life's journey is really made up of the small steps, not the big accomplishments. Yeah, that's great when you actually hit that goal or whatever you're trying to achieve, starting your own business, whatever. But Life is lived in those small steps. And that is what most people don't realize is it's nothing earth shattering. It's small things that really get you where you want to go. It sounds, <clears throat> sounds so ridiculous. What she's saying sounds so ridiculous. You're kidding. It's just little steps. Yeah. And it, the, the, it's the truth, you guys. Literally, it's your habits and atomic habits. I'm sure you just, mm -hmm. where you got that 1% better. So atomic habits, you've heard on this podcast brought up countless times from countless guests. Please go get the book. Please read that book. <laughs> it, it, it just teaches us how to work with our brains and mm -hmm. take those little steps. Right. So now you, you went through this and someone out here who's watching um, has either had the surgery uh, is thinking about having the surgery or is just saying, I'm just done. I am so sick and tired of being sick and tired. What do you tell them is the first step? I, other than going and getting coaching directly, but like, right. what is the first step? Well, um, I would say the first step is once you've made that decision that you're just done being where you're at right now, really take a few minutes and figure out where you want to go. Um, not everybody wants to have bariatric surgery, you know. Um, it, it's not that it's a horrible surgery for most people because it's not anymore. Um, and some people have really good results. Um, but I really think that if you are wanting to um, 
you know, better yourself that way. It's important to have a vision of what you want and what's that, what's what that is going to look like. I knew that when I went into this, that I was going to have to set up um, my house different. I was going to have to get rid of things that were preventing me from being able to, um, you know, achieve whatever I wanted to achieve. And I think that's kind of the first step is you have to start looking at what are the other things I'm going to need to change? How is this going to affect the other areas of my life? Um, What am I trying to achieve once I've done this? And so that's kind of, I would say, the first step is making that decision. Like we said, you know, it's, it's making that decision and then never going back on it. You know, and does that mean that you're not going to fail sometimes? No, absolutely not. I mean, I'm a testament to that, you know. And unfortunately, with bariatric surgery, there is a very, very, very low success rate because people um, don't realize that it's only a tool. It's just something in your toolbox. It is not the end-all, be-all. You're not forever going to not want to eat um, chips and dip or, you know, uh, what we call slider foods, you know, (laughs) crackers and things like that. Um, Popcorn. That was a really, really hard one for for you. Well, popcorn, um, most carbs turn directly to sugar once they're in your system. And that's why people get crashes after they eat a lot of rice, they eat a big pasta dinner, things like that, because it just converts very quickly to sugar. Hmm. Who knew? I thought popcorn was safe. Well, I mean, (laughs) in the whole scheme of thing, if you're going to eat something uh, as a snack, that's probably one of the better ones. But I don't snack anymore. I mean, that's one of the lines I've set. Um, I don't snack. I don't eat sugar, except through natural forms like in, you know, fruit. And that's kind of limited in my diet, but I have a little bit every day. And um, I no longer eat flour. So, um, of any kind, of not any kind, free, not of any kind. My husband's wow. vegan and gluten free. So we have a very interesting, um, way of preparing foods in our house. <laughs> uh, no, I get it because I'm vegan and gluten free mm-hmm. as well. And it is so difficult. And that's why I can feel very confident asking you this mm-hmm. socially. It's incredibly awkward when yes. someone says, Hey Gwen, why don't you and Kirk come over for dinner? Mm-hmm. What do you say to them? I usually say, you know, um, well, first of all, most people know no. up front that, you know, our dietary, my mom hates it. I oh, mean, wow, yeah. she, you know, she is so old school on everything that way. And it is like her nemesis that, um, you know, my, my brother's vegetarian most of the time too. Um, but uh, yeah, she hates that she has to have different versions of, of everything. <laughs> you know, I have been married almost 29 years now. So I've been doing it a long time because he's been vegan the whole time. He became vegetarian, I would say, four or five years ago. And, um, you know, my kids have had issues too. So literally, I have posts back in the day of three different meals. I mean, basically the same meal in three different versions to meet everyone's dietary needs. So when someone asks me, you know, do you want to come over for dinner? I say, you know, um, I just want to let you know that I don't eat flour or sugar and my husband's gluten-free and vegan. So can we bring stuff? And but most people don't want to let you. No, I know. It's so it's so hard. Mm-hmm. So let us tell you. Please let us tell you. <clears throat> it's it's fine. Yeah. We, we it's awkward for us to have to tell you that we are 
impossible to feed. Um, so, so just let us bring food and we'll be happy and you'll be happy and it'll yeah. be great. <laughs> or, or I say, if you really want to make sure you just have your bases covered, just make sure you have a, a nice salad right? that doesn't have cheese on it and doesn't have bacon on it. And eggs. And, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or ranch dressing. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's difficult. So because of that, right? Mm-hmm. So we you don't want to be normal but you want to fit in right so how do you coach someone on how to get past the social pressure well you know what you can do is if you're going to a party or something like that eat before you go that's the bottom line cuz mm-hmm. nobody nobody is noticing that you are not eating they're paying attention to what they're doing you know they really don't notice that you're not you know, going through the snack line or whatever. They don't care, you know? Um, So that would be the first thing. If you're going to someone's house, like I said, I just always say, make sure you have a salad and everybody will be happy, you know? Or a side dish that you didn't cook in chicken broth. (laughs) And butter. Yeah. Which is like, people can't, we can't fathom this. It's it's just, it's so different. So very, very interesting. All right, so when you... When you fall off, mm-hmm. something really stresses you out, and then you eat a cheesecake, mm-hmm. what happens after that? What happens the next day? You just start again. That's the bottom line. I mean, life is full of challenges, and things are going to happen. You know, um, you lose relationships, people die. Um, your house burns down, it gets burglarized. You know, there's all kinds of crazy things that are going to be thrown in your path. But as long as you know that no matter what happens, the next step is just to do the next step. You know, always know that you're moving forward on whatever you're trying to achieve. Somebody who's out there is is wanting to lose some weight. It's not, it's not to surgery level, mm-hmm. but, but they want to lose 20 pounds. They want to lose 50 pounds, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, and they've never had a coach. They've never been exposed to coaching. Mm-hmm. It's a little scary, right? Mm-hmm. So they're submitting, they're opening their life up to you. Mm-hmm. Why can they trust you? Well, I feel like, um, any coach creates sacred space for every person that they bring into their inner world because um, it is very personal. And a lot is said um, in coaching. And we're not therapists, um, but we do some really deep work with our clients to help um, them realize what is the biggest trigger and what's holding them back. And really, it's a self-actualization for the client. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just facilitating that for them, um, which I feel so honored, and I'm sure you do too, to be able to um, be in that inner sanctum with people and have that total um, connection. And when they have a realization or breakthrough, it is... Truly amazing. Truly, truly amazing. It is what feeds my soul. I feel like this was my life purpose and what I really wanted to do all this time. That is so, so cool that you found it and that yeah. you're doing it. So if they sign up, what is the commitment? 
Um, I typically um, have people sign up for six months commitment um, or longer because it takes that long to have transformation. Oh, sure. Um, I prefer, you know, we do weekly sessions that are scheduled. Um, I assign homework. <laughs> yes, of course. You know, and um, make sure that they understand there's, an, there's a commitment. This is a commitment to yourself. You are doing the best thing you can possibly do for yourself. Um, and I am going to be kind and hold you accountable. Kind and accountable, not like your best friend, but I am kind and accountable. Very cool. And, and it is something we all need so desperately. It's really <clears throat> amazing, especially let's say that you're a very self-driven, self-motivated person. You're talking to one. However, talking one, to two. I'm talking, to, <laughs> talking to two. Did you ever submit until you finally learned about coaching? Did you like you, you submitted to listening to their books or their, their tapes or their podcasts, but did you actually one-on-one -on -one say, I need help with this. Yeah. I actually had a, a coach. Um, when I first moved to New Mexico, I had started working with a coach when I lived in Phoenix. And I continued that relationship for a good six, seven months after I moved here. Um, I had a lot going on back then. My kids were really little. And, um, you know, just needed that extra accountability with someone. And it really made a huge difference. Yeah, it, I wish I had. I, I was so stubborn and so uh, guarded uh, that's please don't be guarded i've mm -hmm. I known this woman for almost 20 years please don't be guarded it, i i was so guarded that i wouldn't allow two-way i was getting coaching constantly i just starved for it but i wouldn't allow it two-way and so i didn't get the input from someone else someone on the outside so it's kind of like this it's kind of like your coach is you're both going to a parade. You're going to go to a parade with your coach. Your coach goes to the hotel room that's 10 floors, 10 floors up. You're down on the curb. So you see the floats that are coming right here and they're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Your coach sees what's down a mile down and can warn you and can say, hey, maybe you need to do this because they've done it before. Right. Gwen, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with anybody who's listening. How can they get a hold of you directly? Um, you can always reach out to me via email at um, yourhealthcoachgwen at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram at, at uh, Coach Gwen Brown, and I'm on Facebook at Gwen Brown. Of course, there's going to be a million Gwen Browns on Facebook. <laughs> so um, start, start at the Instagram if you're an Instagram person and go to at Coach Gwen Brown. Okay, well, we'll put those links in the bottom. Guys, don't hesitate. I mean, if you're even thinking, I, I I really want to do something different, and I've been trying to do it on my own all this time, the only thing getting a coach does, if you're already determined, is it is it's the accelerator for how quickly you get there. So give it a shot. Uh, have a good one. Thank you for listening. Thank you.